0: You guys ready to jump into the message? Ready to go swimming in the word? I don't even know if that works as an illustration. So you just throw it out there. I'm like, eh, I don't think that actually works. But we're going to go for it. Well, we're continuing our series. That's a three-week mini-series on the Holy Spirit entitled "It Spirit Walk. I literally borrowed that name from a book um, by Stephen. I believe it's Addison, something like that, um, who wrote a book on this, a Baptist missionary uh, who just, I think her first 11 years of doing ministry just felt like Man, I'm doing all the right things that God called me to, but it's just like, I'm not seeing, you know, you see scripture, the fruit of the spirit of the impact that God, you see in Acts. He's just like, and so as he's looking at scripture and looking at his life, he's just seeing the gap there and realizing that, man, I don't really want to be in step with the spirit, right? The spirit is one who enables, one who saves, one who empowers, one who leads, and one who convicts, the one that heals. Like, there's a lot in the Holy Spirit, Amen. And he's just realizing coming from a Baptist place, of kind of like, I don't really know. Some Baptists are like, eh, no Holy Spirit for today. Other ones are kind of like, maybe, hey, I don't know, we'll check it out. Other ones are like, hey, I'm becoming like a Bapticostal, which is not an actual word. But it's like the Baptist meets the Pentecostal, which I kind of like that phrase, Bathecostal, right? Hopefully he's deep in the word, deep in the spirit. Uh, but at the end of the day, we can get lost in titles and stuff. We just want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, amen? So if Jesus has given us something, it's like, hey, it's better that I leave, that the Holy Spirit would come. All right, God, what do you say about the Holy Spirit? Not what is our bad past experience of some church somewhere? Because honestly, as I talk to more people about the Holy Spirit, usually there's a reservation um, when I talk to folks. Uh, It's just kind of like, I heard once, or something weird happened at some other church, or someone did something like that, or got kind of emotionally crazy going on, or whatever. I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but I believe maybe some, or maybe it's a different church I'm talking to, this could happen, but might sometimes be a little cautious. We talk about Jesus, it's like, I'm in. I want Jesus, I want all of Jesus. Holy Spirit's like, well, you know, <laughs> what are you preaching that? I think I'm going on vacation for three weeks, right? Just during the mini service, you know, you're here today. But to be honest, I think there's some reservations there, some misconceptions, some misrepresentation. And I just want to say just as a reminder, this doesn't just happen to the Holy Spirit. This also happens to Jesus quite a bit, right? There's a lot of things in history that's been done in a Christian name, that are not looking like Christ. Are you with me? And it's like, you know, you look at stuff, it's like, sorry, like that's not, that's not Jesus, you know? And some of the worst hurt you can ever get, I think, is church hurt, right? When you have a brother or sister or someone, you just like, it's like, ah, oh, and I hear that, people in churches, or other churches, you're just like, ah, oh, it hurts so bad, and like, that was wrong, and I'm sorry, but do so you know Jesus, right? <laughs> Jesus is perfect. He is holy, and he is loving, and as humans, because we're sinners, we, we can't represent Jesus perfectly, and sometimes people parade things around a Jesus thing that is not Jesus, but the same thing happens with the Holy Spirit. Like, it is a Holy Spirit thing, and it could be, or it could just be a man-made expression of kind of like, I'm just making something up because I want to make it up. So we want to look at the Bible. What does the Bible have to say? And so I want to start with that. For some of you, you might be like, I'm just ready to go. But for others, I, I know there's hesitancy I'm like, kind of like, all right, where are you going to go with this? Is this going to get really weird? What's happening? What's uh, I just want to look at scripture and apply it, amen? That's, that's all I'm trying to do today. So we're, it's going to be quite topical, I'm going to be honest, um, to look at a couple different things. But I'm hoping it will be helpful for us specifically to get to know more about who the Holy Spirit is, because the Holy Spirit is a person um, that we can get to know intimately. And God says, and Jesus says, it's better that I leave that the Holy Spirit might come. So last week I started the series Spirit Walk. I talked about, uh, just a reminder that in Ephesians 1. It talks about the Holy Spirit in verse 14. He's the one who guarantees our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That when it comes to salvation, like the Holy Spirit is the one that actually guarantees that, which praise God for that. Amen. I don't know anyone that's like, I don't want salvation in Jesus. Holy Spirit stuff, I don't know. Yeah, sign me up. I want eternal life. You know, I'm in. Um, Yeah, well, the Holy Spirit is actually the one that is our guarantee, the promised Holy Spirit in verse 13. Last week I spent most of the time in Galatians 5, I was talking about the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. Who wants to grow more in the fruit of the spirit? I want in. I want in. And it's easy to focus, like I mentioned last week, on the fruit, but it's just the fruit of something, right? It's really, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And so I was actually going to initially go into the gifts of the Spirit. I kind of lined it up that last week. I didn't have enough time. But I felt like the Lord's like, don't, don't focus there today. Um, because I could talk about the gifts of the Spirit. But honestly, if it's a gift of the Spirit, like, let's talk more about the source, right? Do you trust the Spirit? Um, the fruit of the Spirit, we all want the fruit, but do we want the Spirit? It's a question you can think on. We want salvation, but do we want the one that guarantees it, uh, guarantee the inheritance That's the Holy Spirit? So I'm going to focus more on the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. So the focus on the Holy Spirit, the inheritance, the fruits, and the gifts. Uh, just as a reminder, the Holy Spirit is a person, not just a force power. But yet, the Holy Spirit has tremendous power, amen? <laughs> right? It's not just a force power. I want to look at a scripture in Ephesians 4, 25 to 32. It actually talks about, just like a person, um, have you ever grieved someone in a relationship? I know I have. I've done things that hurt people before. I've done things that have disappointed my wife, and I grieved her. You can do that in a relationship. Scripture says we actually can do that with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Ephesians 4, 25 to 32 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. That's a real important caution. (laughs) Do not let anger have the day in the next one. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And this is it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. (laughs) It's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We're seeing here, Paul, the church Ephesus, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Now, I want us to just start off with grieving because it's very possible, and we've all done it because we're all sinners, to grieve the Holy Spirit. If Christ is in you, Christ's Spirit's in you. And the way we live our life is either honoring, glorifying God's Spirit, or we can grieve it by living in sin. It's interesting that oftentimes we refer to the Holy Spirit. But the first word in the name is not just like a fun title, like I'm Jim Holt, there's Jim, and then there's Holt, right? The Holy Spirit, the holy part is actually quite important, amen? <laughs> God wants to work within us and through us, but the Holy Spirit, I mean, are in KJV, the Holy Ghost, right? There's a reason why the Spirit's holy. God is completely holy, and he's looking for those who will be available to let God work that, that filth, that sin, right, that dysfunction out of us be a place that the Holy Spirit could just have full control and reside within. And we can do things that are not holy, that grieve the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? I mean, it's very simple, but it's very easy. Sometimes it's like we can so like, I just don't want to do this and I want to do that. It has to do with me, 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 me. Like, I really want to always keep growing and being a better listener. James 1, 19. Uh, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's kind of like one of my lifelong verses, right? But if all I'm ever focusing on is like, how can I do this? How can I do this? I'm missing a really big picture, right? That I can actually be grieving the Holy Spirit in the way that I'm not listening in a way that I would honor God in a certain moment, versus just focusing all the attention on me and what I'm doing. Are you with me? Right? It's different, right? It's just kind of like, all right, I want to, I want to listen more, I want to talk less. Um, and here I am with a microphone. I'm like, man, this is working against me in my illustration. <laughs> Everyone just has to listen right now. But. We can have, i am just using that as one, one example. I can use a lot of examples. But the idea is like, Lord, am I honoring you with my words and how I'm listening? Um, is Am I glorifying God in this moment? This idea, am I honoring the Holy Spirit? And if I'm grieving the Holy Spirit, just like I would have to do in a relationship with my wife, Crystal, or with a dear friend, if I grieve a dear brother or sister in Christ, then I need to hopefully be in a place where I'll ask for forgiveness, amen? But sometimes with the Holy Spirit... And sometimes, unfortunately, with relationships, and that's why I usually go really south, we can just get so used to just grieving that it's almost normal. How many times all, all families we grew up in are dysfunctional, amen? Because we're all sinners. I'm not trying to make fun of your family or my family. We're just all sinners. We need Jesus. Sometimes certain sin patterns are so common, we just think they're normal. Anyone with me on that one? And then sometimes you get that aha, of like, Oh. And the way my parents treated one another or me or whatever, someone like, Dad, that doesn't actually line up with the Bible. But it's normal. Just because it's normal doesn't always mean it's right, nor honoring to God. That's why a lot of times, and in churches too, we can get used to doing certain things certain ways. I'm not trying to point out anything. I'm just saying it's easy sometimes to get into normal things. This is just what we do. We just do what we want to do. And we do it, you know, for God when we can. Versus, God, am I glorifying you in every single moment of my day? God, am I surrendering my day completely to you, to honor you, that I don't want to just grieve the Holy Spirit by what I'm not supposed to be doing, but we also can grieve the Lord by not doing things we're supposed to be doing. Are you with me? Sometimes we can be so focused on, I don't want to grieve God with this sin, that we miss the opportunity to love someone in a small, maybe radical way, Because we're so busy doing me. I mean, that's just me. Maybe you guys don't struggle with that. (laughs) I'm sure you do. So the Holy Spirit is a person, not just a force power. And it's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the question we'll be looking at is, are we in a place of honoring the Holy Spirit? Are we in a place of not just avoiding sin just because it's like, oh, God just came up with an arbitrary list for no reason. These are all the fun things to do. Bitterness, wrath, anger. I want in. They do not honor God. They do not build a relationship with God. They do not love God. And they certainly are not ingredients for a healthy friendship uh, or family. If the ingredients is makes a little bit of bitterness, a whole lot of wrath, just a spice of anger, that does not help a marriage. <laughs> right? That's where it falls apart. And so there's obvious a need for more of God in marriages, in families, in churches. Amen? Our world, we were praying this morning as we circle up at 9 a.m., we're just praying, we're just like, I forget who said it, but our world is hurting, right? Our country is hurting. There's stuff going on, and I'm like, we can just mirror the world. That is, an, that is an option, actually. What people say, we'll just say. What they do is what they do. But it's not like a biblical option. There is a way to actually live a different way through the power and guiding of the Holy Spirit. But if we're just modeling what the world's doing, we look no different. I still remember uh, one of our pastors, Aaron, he just said it in a message. I just quote him on it. But he remembered that uh, one. He, was, he owns a business in camp. But one of his employees said, Aaron, I'd be really interested in learning more about Jesus if the Christians I knew looked any different from those who are not. Man, that made me think. And don't point fingers at people. Just think about yourself. Am I living in a way that looks radically different? Be holy as I am holy, as God is holy. Not me personally, but as God is holy. Are we grieving the Holy Spirit? Or are we being led by the Holy Spirit? Are we honoring the Holy Spirit? It's really an opportunity to surrender. We don't have to work harder. We just got to let the Holy Spirit work harder in us, which takes surrender and also takes moments just to wait to let God work on our heart. So many times in my life I've wanted quick fixes in my life to get rid of some kind of sin issue where God was just wanting me to linger with him longer. Most heart surgeries or radical cancer surgeries or things, a lot of those don't happen in like three seconds, right? But sometimes spiritually we're just kind of wanting, like, God, just just make it happen and move on so I can do me 100% because this sin is slowing me down about me and my life. <laughs> a lot of me in that. Versus God, I want to glorify you in everything I say. I was talking with a pastor recently. I just love his posture. He's like, he's like if I need to die to give God more glory, He's like, I want to do that. He's like, if I have a 1,000 people following me to give glory to God, I want to do that. If I have one person following me, glory to God, I want to do that. If I have no one following me, like Jeremiah, who had a ministry for 33 years, with really no perceivable human fruit. There's something about that when I was listening to this person. I was just like, you know, I want to glorify God more. It's something that you can't just work or fake or just do a religion of some kind. It's a desire, a relationship of encountering the living God and saying, God, I want to glorify you more, whatever that takes, whatever that looks like, whatever I have to give up. In this person's case, he's like, even my life, if I have to give that up for you, God, do you be the glory. I want to glorify God. I'm sure you do too. In Romans 8 11, it says, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. And Paul put it this way, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. It's amazing to think that we're getting called to do things, to go out into a world, to really go on a rescue mission that we didn't come up with. God came up with it. But the Lord's inviting us to be part of it, but he's equipping us with the one that can guide us, comfort us, but also empower us to do it, the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit's all over Scripture, and as, as I've been reading this book, and once again, you want to go to the Bible, but I really appreciate the Spirit Walk book, just, just pointing specifically at scriptures having to do with the Holy Spirit. But in the beginning of history, or be, yeah, before Genesis 1 1 to 2, it says this In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And Andrea, you just mentioned this this morning for prayer, this very verse. You didn't even know I was going to share that. Um, so we see God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, at work, in the beginning. We see when Jesus is on earth, and we see that in the Gospels, in John 7:31 to 34, I know. And all these verses, by the way, there's printouts I asked Jody to make. She's amazing. So if you want to look up any of these scriptures out in the lobby, all these verses are printed out front and back. You can check it out later. John 7:31 to 34, it says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Weren't we just kind of singing that this morning? Let the river flow. You remember that? Yeah. That's what we're singing it. Lord, do it today. Now, this he said about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit has not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So you see Jesus' invitation. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I don't know about you. I'm thirsty for more of God. The psalmist said, uh, uh, My soul thirsts. You know, I thirst after, like God, as a deer panteth after water. You can be fully satisfied with Christ, Spirit within you. So we see Holy Spirit at the beginning of time, four time, in the middle. And as the Holy Spirit mentioned at all at the end, Revelations 22 17. The Spirit and the bride said, Come. Let the one who hears says, come. Let the one who is thirsty, man, there's this theme going on, thirsty, water, right? We're singing it today. If anyone's thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. It's amazing that God is offering himself a relationship with him completely for free in the sense of we can't work for it, we can't buy it, you can't save up enough retirement to earn it. It's only based on God's grace that if you're thirsty and hungry, that God is looking for just men and women. Dan was sharing it this morning from Acts. God's spirit's gonna be poured out, right? On the end days. Men and women, young and old, are you thirsty? If you are, we got a father that wants to fill us and fill us to the full. Spirit walk. Being led by the Holy Spirit. It can be a little scary, but also a little exciting because as we're spending time waiting on the Lord. And what I'm focusing on really today is just surrendering and waiting. But for surrendering or waiting on the Lord, and just having time just to let God work within us, urge us, convict us, change us, renew us, whatever God wants to do, lead us, guide us, provide for us, whatever the Spirit wants to do. I love how um, Steve, in his book, he wrote, uh, following after the Spirit, it's, a, it's an unpredictable path with predictable steps to it. I <laughs> like that. You don't know for sure where God might bring you. Or lead you. But there are things we can do that are quite predictable in the sense of, uh, Lord, I, I wake up this morning, and I want to give this day to you. That's a predictable path. Uh, you can you can choose to surrender every day. You can choose to wait on God. and Be like, Lord, what do you want to show me today? How do you want to fill me today? Where do you want to lead me today? Um, I heard uh, one example uh, when it comes to surrendering to God. A lot of times we like to make commitments to God. But surrendering, we don't get to negotiate anything. Commitments we can, you know, I'm always committed to working out tomorrow, for many of you are. Some of you actually do it, probably. But, you know, commitments, right? I'm going to wash the car next week. Maybe, I don't know, I'm committed to it. But I can also negotiate and change it when I want to, if I want to. There's, there's a lot, and there's a lot of good commitments, you know. And maybe something happens, something's hard, whatever. But when you surrender, you don't have any negotiating terms, Right? If someone's like, hey, give me all your money or something like that, and you're in like an alley or something like that, you surrender, your hands are up or something like that, you're not negotiating. <laughs> you're just surrendering. <laughs> it's different. This whole idea of just surrendering to the Holy Spirit, not in a way that the Holy Spirit's trying to take all your money, I mean, you might ask for it, but <laughs> the idea of like, God, this whole day is yours. Uh, I want to trust you with it, and I- I'm open. Uh, if it comes up with today, I'm going to look at it kind of like a blank sheet of paper, except when I surrender... I'm just going to write my name on the bottom of it, and Lord, you just fill it all in. That's a little bit more what, like, surrender looks like. And we're seeing God just work in in Acts. You see, just normal, ordinary people, fully surrendered to God, doing extraordinary things in a very almost normal kind of way. Jesus, when he first sent out the 12 and then 72, uh, he gave them authority, and he he gave them the power to uh, preach the gospel. To heal those who are sick cast out demons and they went out and they did it and they came back they were super excited they're like uh oh, Jesus you won't believe it the demons they, they were casted out those who were sick were healed we were playing proclaim the gospel and Jesus was saying uh, he's like don't get so excited about that the thing is sometimes we can get a little bit like oh man all the miracles whatever it's like you want you want you want to be excited about that your name's written in the lamb's book of life that stuff is just the normal stuff You want to get something excited about? (laughs) You've been saved from all your sins. You have eternal life waiting for you. doesn't mean that that stuff's not stuff that you're supposed to be doing. Proclamation with the power of the Holy Spirit manifested. But don't get all weird about it. Churches sometimes get real weird about it. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. They're getting weird about spiritual gifts. Right? And you might remember in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, he's like, look, if you can move mountains, if you can prophesy... You know, a lot of times it's used at weddings, but it's actually in the midst of Christians not using their giftings well. Because people are getting boastful. Can you imagine Christians getting boastful? Just don't believe it. About spiritual things that we did not earn, deserve, or somehow attain. Yeah, we can do that somehow. Forgive us, God. But people are getting like, oh, I can prophesy. I can speak in tongues. I can move mountains, I can heal. I can do all I can be martyred for God. Man, I'm awesome. And it's like, man, if you don't have love, it means nothing. What's the first fruit of the Spirit? is Love. One of the biggest manifestations of the Holy Spirit you see in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes on those who are waiting in full surrender, is that they are equipped with boldness to do the things that God told them to do, right? That they'll go out when there's persecution. You get thrown in prison, like Crystal was saying, you just go back, keep singing, and then you keep preaching until the end comes. It's amazing the boldness of just regular people spirit. I heard one example when it talks about the spirit being in you and this whole idea of being filled or the fullness of God. I've used this before. I didn't come up with it. But if you go into our kitchen, we have a really nice commercial kitchen. And on the commercial stoves, they're off right now because we're not using a lot, but typically most commercial stoves will have like these little pilot lights on it. Just like these little tiny lights. And it's really important to have that on when the gas line is there. I remember one time one of the lights blew out and it smelled like the room was entirely filled with gas because it was. Scary. So you turn the vent on that Wyatt and Chad installed. Thanks, Chad. Church did not blow up. Uh, so I got all the gas out because one of my kids accidentally bumped one of the little handles and made it so the gas was on, but the pilot light wasn't on. But anyways, typically there's a pilot light on. And when Christ is in you, the Spirit of God's in you. It's the inheritance, the deposit. Like you don't get to heaven without the Holy Spirit. When Christ's Spirit's in you, it's the Trinity all together. The idea of being fullness. When there's a pilot light on, and then you start to turn on the gas. Woo! That little light that's just kind of there, you don't even notice it, turns into a full flame, and you can get it super hot. And let me tell you, there's a difference between when the pilot light is on and when the gas is cranked to full. Anyone, You know what I'm talking about? And that's what God wants to do in our life. Daily. Not just a one-off experience. Being baptized, being filled to the fullness of Christ in you. But to do that, we have to surrender and empty ourselves before Christ, that his spirit might have a place to have fullness in our life. God wants to fill us daily with the fullness that he might be glorified in our life. So I mentioned this earlier, but there's a lot of misconceptions, misunderstanding, a lot of fear around the Holy Spirit. Um, I think also times there's just a lot of pride. We like to do our own thing our own way. I remember when I was at a Bible school in Rochester, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I was a senior class president, and uh, we were having a time at what's called chapel, which just what we're doing here on like a Friday. And the Lord was just moving in a very specific way, and this didn't happen all the time, but people were just getting up front and just dancing before the Lord. In our culture, that's like kind of weird. In other cultures, dancing and worship isn't weird, amen? <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of different expressions of worship. And this wasn't like a weird, don't get me wrong, it wasn't weird like emotional kind of, it was just like, Dancing, praising the Lord, you know, white people trying to dance. You know what I mean? It's awkward, actually. So, anyways, <laughs> no, some white people can dance. I'm sure, just not me. And, uh, <laughs> anyways, it was just, it was just a moment. And it was sweet and was just joyful before the Lord, and it, it was beautiful. It wasn't weird. It wasn't crazy. I just don't want you to get lost in that. But I felt like the Lord just kept telling me, "I want you up there dancing." And unfortunately, I think what it came down to was pride and probably fear together. I just didn't want to. So I heard the Lord tell me that just go up front. I want you to lead the student body. There's other, other people already up there. Just go up there. Then I remember another student. She was praying. She's like, hey, the Holy Spirit just told me you're supposed to be dancing up front. Have you seen how I can dance? I don't want to distract people from the Holy Spirit. You know? <laughs> Gosh, I you know, don't want that to go viral. But I said no. And then someone else, one of my other friends, she was praying. The Holy Spirit wants to get you up there and go dancing. It's amazing because when the Holy Spirit's guiding, right, there's corporate unity, amen. It's not just people coming up with whatever they want. And unfortunately, in that moment, I decided to be prideful and fearful and grieve the Holy Spirit and I had to repent. I decided I would not get out of my seat because I did not want to look like what I thought would be a fool in front of God or anyone else. Sometimes fear, especially with pride, can keep us from following the Holy Spirit. And believe me, the Holy Spirit's not just gonna be asking you to dance. <laughs> be loving widows orphans, preaching the gospel, whatever you see in scripture, God empowers you to do. It's just asking the Lord, what do you want me to do today? Acts 16, 7, and this might help. Something I didn't realize while I was studying for this was that twice in scripture, the Holy Spirit is actually referred to as the spirit of Jesus. Maybe you knew this, I didn't. Maybe that might help you mentally. For some reason, you're having some hang up with the Holy Spirit, but you're in love with Jesus. <laughs> Eight, Acts 16, 7, it says, and when they came to Mysia, they attempted to go into athenia but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. I did not realize the spirit of Jesus was phrased that way. Instead of the Holy Spirit, it's referring to as the spirit of Jesus. But remember, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Don't fear Jesus. Don't fear the spirit of Jesus. Philippians one nine. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Is that pretty cool? I just didn't know that. You, I'm sure a lot of you, your seasoned saints, you probably already knew that. I just didn't realize that. I didn't study that. Wow, God's Holy Spirit is actually referred to as the Spirit of Jesus twice. We do not have to fear. Actually, fear is one of the main things that might keep us from wanting to step, keep in step with the Spirit, as it says in Galatians five. Uh, in 2 Timothy one six to seven, Paul said this to encourage Timothy. For this reason, I remind you to fan in the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of on of my hands. Here's the part: For God gave us a spirit, not of fear. Amen. Not of fear. Huh. Man, you do not have to fear the spirit. That's not the right spirit. If you have a spirit of fear, that's not the Holy Spirit. The spirit, has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I want all three of those more in my life. But that's not the spirit of fear that gives you that. The spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus. As I'll be wrapping up in just a little bit, uh, there's an illustration I was reading about that I thought was really helpful. And what I'm trying to do is just hopefully just focus on that. The Holy Spirit's not some just, like, crazy, fanatic thing you see in, like, maybe some. I grew up in Pentecostal churches, so I'm not, like, at all trying of stereotype it, but, like, in a Pentecostal charismatic extreme. Are there those? Yes. Have I been in them? Yes. Have I seen them? <laughs> yeah. They're scary. I'm not just saying, like, yeah. But there's something about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can just throw the whole thing out, the whole person, that I think God wants to do. And I love how Steve, in his book, just pointed to a couple of things that were the same Scripture. I think we we'll have a little illustration. It's about the abiding in Jesus one. Do we have that? Sweet. Here we go. So, abiding in Jesus, John 15, that's the vine and the branches. Once again, it's Christ abiding in you, you abiding in him. It's a beautiful relationship of countering God. Through that, the gardener, as mentioned this last week, vine dress of the Father, he prunes, he snips, all that kind of stuff to see more fruit that lasts. But during in this book, you're just making this illustration. I like this connection, that this idea of Christ abiding in you is also this very similar to the same of being filled with the Spirit, which is Ephesians 5, 18 to 21, same God working within us, as well as letting the word of Christ richly dwell within you. If you want, you can check out those verses during the week. But I found that really helpful. So I'm hoping for those who are maybe just on the fringe or wanting to follow after the Holy Spirit or be led by the Spirit are be filled with the Spirit. All those words are like some reason a buzz trigger word. Um, I want to encourage you that we have a God who is the same, same Father, same Jesus, same Holy Spirit, the same one that loves us, gave His life up for us. He can be trusted, Amen. And if we don't trust the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be led by the Holy Spirit. You won't. Would you trust a? Would you follow a guide into the wilderness? That you didn't trust. I know I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. Like, I don't like this person. I don't trust them. Would you like to come into the Appalachian Trail with me? No. That sounds terrible. Sounds like a nightmare. We don't trust the one that's guiding us, the one that we're keeping in step with. For whatever reason, misconceptions, misrepresentation, maybe misunderstanding, won't be led by this. But my heart and prayer is that all of us would be open to receiving afresh whatever God has for us. Whether that's just pruning so they're giving more fruit in our life, the fruit of the spirit. Whether it's the gifts—I didn't even get into the gifts of the spirit—but there's gifts that God wants to give you for a purpose that you'd be open to it. It's interesting that when it comes to miracles and gifts and all those things, they're not just meant to have and do nothing with; they're actually meant to build up a body. Amen. Encourage one another, and they're actually meant to be used on mission. Um, a lot of times, gifts will be activated when. You're with the lost, with those who are sick, and with the poor. And sometimes you're like, how come I don't see these miracles or whatever that I see? A lot of times it's like, are you active in reaching out to the lost, the poor, they're hurting? Because God gave these as gifts to help with the mission. Are you with me? Or sometimes it's like, Lord, I want I want the gift, and I want the fruit, and I don't want to do anything with it just to benefit myself. We wouldn't say it that way, but then if our life isn't actually on mission with Jesus and up with the Spirit. Like, why would you want to give gifts that wouldn't be used? It's like giving someone an entire beautiful $500 tool set, but you have no plan to actually use it to help build something for someone else or use it for someone to help. Are you with me? It's a for a purpose, you know. And that's why the Holy Spirit's like giving the purpose in Acts. We see the Holy Spirit coming down in Acts 2. and Then you see boldness and just proclamation amidst great persecution. And that's the cool thing. With our country – I mean, the rate we're going at right now, I don't know where it's going to go, but it seems like things are kind of getting a little dark. Would you agree? (laughs) In some ways, maybe. I just want to encourage you, the darker things get, we don't have to worry about that if you're walking this step with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to worry about it. If you're not walking with the Spirit, yeah, it's going to get intense, and watch out. But with the Spirit, you don't have the spirit of fear. You have power. You have love. You have self-control. God, whatever you have for me, I'm just going to trust you in this moment. Just like I love how Chris, thank you so much for using that even if I'm thrown in jail for preaching Christ, which maybe that will happen one day here, I don't know. But if I'm thrown in jail for preaching Christ, I want to be singing songs with my jail partner, amen? Right? It's like, Jesus, you're still good in this moment. God, you're still glorified here. Your Holy Spirit's with us. This really is difficult. It's not where I want to be. But, God, you're in complete control So in this moment, Holy Spirit, show us what we should do. Start praising the Lord. Let's start singing some jailhouse songs that will glorify God. And it was beautiful, like Crystal mentioned. A whole entire family came to that moment of suffering. Complete. Like, I don't think they expected them to be thrown in jail like they were. But God met them right where they were. So, as we were praying earlier during uh, praise and worship, uh, God just gave me this picture. I wasn't going to share it because it was like a visual thing. But I had this picture of, uh, I don't know what song we were. Hold on one second know how to operate an umbrella. This could be tricky. You want to plan your illustrations ahead of time. All right, there we go. Sweet. So I had this picture um, as, we were, uh, as we were, uh, Jane was sharing, Ed was sharing, and it's this picture of <laughs> this song. Remember, "Let It Rain," "Let It Rain," "Let It Rain," "Pour Out." You know that whole thing. But I got this picture that we're saying that some of us were singing the song with an umbrella. I'm not kidding. I'm like, well, that would be silly to mention, so why not get an umbrella and actually show it? More silly. Um, But this idea of letting it rain. God, I want you to pour out your spirit. I want it to fall down in St. Lawrence County, a move of God that would move us outside of these walls, that would unite churches that are disunited, that would see the poor and the lost and the hungry fed and the gospel gone, the lost would be found, that that would be raised and there would be sick being healed. Anybody with me? But it's not going to happen, at least for you, if the umbrella's up. The Lord's so good, he will find people that are available. I was recently talking with a brother who was addicted to a whole bunch of different drugs and stuff like that. Not from this church, a different church. Man, God just radically changed his life. and He's just learning how to keep his stuff with the spirit. And I tell you, it's beautiful. And I'm like, you know, Lord, you don't let our past define us. Because in Christ, you'd remake us. you renew us. And God, if you're going to use drug addicts, you be the ones that are going to reach this county for Jesus. I hope I can be in with them, too. Are you with me this morning? I'm just saying God will use you. And Jane was mentioning it. You're not too old, and you're not too young. I know kids that are literally leading their parents around as they're walking. because The Holy Spirit will guide them. We're supposed to pray over this house, Mom and Dad. Five-year-old, i just learning about in Texas. Just being led by the Spirit. Isn't that awesome? And God just ministered in a powerful way. But that's not going to happen for us. It could happen to our county or to other believers. But if our umbrellas are up, and God wants to drench us with his Spirit, we got to be honest. Lord, we need to surrender. We need to put down those umbrellas. It's kind of like if you ever gone out in the rain before, and it's pouring. You know, sometimes you're going somewhere, and you're like, I don't want to get rained out. But eventually, you're just like, I'm so wet anyways. I'm, I don't know if you've ever done this. You just, I'm just going to commit. I'm just going to be right here. And Lord, would you pour out your spirit, right? I want to be drenched. I want to be filled. God, I want to encounter you in a powerful way. The neat thing is there's a lot of brothers and sisters in our county that are praying the exact same prayer. We're not. We're not the first people to come up with this in Scripture, but there's so many other churches that I've been meeting with people over the last decade or more that are praying. Holy Spirit, come. This is a dry place. God, would you send forth your spiritual rain? Would it come down and renew? Would it bring repentance to our hearts? Once again, it's the Holy Spirit. So one of the big things in revival is repentance, because the Holy Spirit wants to be working through those. We're not saying I have all together with hidden sin. That can happen in members. It can happen in church it can be volunteers it can be leaders, wherever. But Lord, I want to. I want to repent. I want you to come work within. Would you change me? I just want to be used like you. Maybe you're used to be addicted to drugs, and you're like, I just want to be used by you, God. You saved me from my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Would you use me today? God's looking for people who are available to use. I'm going to invite up the musicians at this time. We're just going to have an opportunity on this last song. This is a little bit different. Uh, Just a cool response time. I feel like God put it on my heart to give an opportunity. We can talk about surrender. We can talk about waiting. And there's practical ways you can do that daily. There's ways you can do that in the weekly or monthly or quarterly throughout the year, just spending more time with God, uh, which are great to pursue. I feel like God said, take some time at the end of the service. Just have some time to just let all of us think, is there any areas of our life that the Lord's inviting us to surrender to? And you'll notice in... Uh, The front, well, it should be in, like, they're in the middle, I think, of every row. Excuse me. There's a little cup, and there's some pens in there, and there's these little slips that say, I surrender on it. I encourage you, go check those out, uh, because what we're going to do is just take uh, some time to ask the Lord, God, is there anything that you want me to surrender? Specific areas, certain areas. I'm going to invite you to actually write down, because I know we all got stuff to surrender. None of us are perfect, until we're in heaven. God, is there anything you want me to lay, literally, at the cross today? So I'm going to invite you to take some time, fill that out, and I'm also, as a symbolic step, obviously it's a hard decision. I would encourage you, write over here at the cross. You're probably going to miss me up here, but there's two nails. And I thought as a way of symbolism of an act of expression to what the Lord's showing you. What you write, I would, you don't have to put your name on it. I would encourage you just to bring up to the cross sometime during this song, and just leave it here. Like Lord, uh, I want to, I want to be fully surrendered to you. I want whatever you got. Uh, Lord, if there's things I need to lay down, so to speak, right at the cross, in the symbolic gesture, I want to be part of that. Because when we lay down things that we have, God can fill us with things that he has. And Let me tell you, whatever God has for us is always better than what you give up, amen? It is always better than what you give up. So many times you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to give this up, God, because it could be a good thing you need to surrender that's taking up everything besides Jesus. It could be some bad stuff you're like, I need to, whatever the Lord wants you to surrender. We're not going to be looking through the list. This is just for you and Jesus. But it's a symbolic place, corporately together. Have some time just to surrender, wait on the Lord. Uh, The song is all about surrendering. And so it's going to go on for a couple more minutes probably. I encourage you, take out a piece of paper, fill something out. And if you'd be so bold, (laughs) well, I know I'll be up here really shortly, but uh, to post something up here just between you and God. And then uh, in a little bit, we're going to wrap up with a benediction. Does that make sense? Okay. So let's take a moment to pray, and then uh, we'll have a song. I encourage you to respond as the, as the Lord leads you in, in his time. God, I just thank you, Lord, that you have the best for us. And Lord, uh, forgive me, God. There's, I gave that example of dancing, not wanting to dance, Lord. God, there's so many areas of pride or fear can get in the way. And Lord, with my brothers and sisters, uh, God, we do not we do not want pride and fear to be the ones calling the shots in our lives.
1: God, we want it to be your
0: spirit, guiding us, leading us God, I pray that you would fill this time, that you would fill us afresh, God. Just like we were singing, let it rain. Let it rain. God, would it rain in our hearts, God. Lord, we so desperately need you, and this world's God, we may we not miss a day. But Lord, I just pray you would have this time.